Let's go to the book of John this morning. Book of John chapter 15. John chapter 15. We'll start reading in verse 5. Jesus is speaking and He says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in Me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without Me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in Me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in Me, and My words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Um, Herein is My Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be My disciples. As the Father hath loved Me, so, love I, so have I loved you. Continue ye in My love. If ye keep My commandments, ye shall abide in My love, even as I have kept My Father's commandments, and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you, that My joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is My commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I have commanded you. Henceforth I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in My name, He may give it you. Alright, so we see a lot of things in this passage, but what I want to talk about this morning are the benefits of being a disciple. Okay? You know, I believe everybody in here today, of course, you've all made professions. We all claim to be saved. We all claim that we are on our way to heaven. But I'm not, I don't want to ask you this morning if you're saved. I want to ask you, are you a disciple of Christ? You know, many times the things that are in the Bible that God promises to His disciples, many times all Christians will claim those things, but those aren't for all Christians. They're for His disciples. He mentions like, you know, you're my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. And he talks about, you know, the, you know, a servant. He doesn't know what his master doeth. But he's like, but you do know. And his disciples, they were a very special people. They had an extra closeness with Christ. But I believe that we can be disciples of Christ too. I believe he wants us to be disciples. But not everyone who is saved is a disciple of Christ. Look at Luke chapter 14 and verse 26. It says, if any man come to me, and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Okay, and we've we've talked about this before. When he talks about hating, it's not talking about having this just extreme hatred and dislike in the sense we use the word today. But he's saying you can't put those things first. Okay, when you love one thing and you hate another, basically what you're saying is I've given this thing priority. When you say I love God and I hate my family, you're saying I'm putting God first before my family. Because we know that God doesn't want us to hate them with the definition of the word, you know, hate that we have today. And so he's telling us though, if you don't, if you put your your family, if you put other things before Christ, he says you cannot be my disciple. It doesn't say you cannot be saved, but he says you cannot be my disciple. Let's keep reading verse twenty seven. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. 
For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest happily, if after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. So right here we see that being a disciple is not for everyone. And it is very clear in the Scripture that our salvation is not based off the works that we do. Okay, you, The fact that I am a pastor of this church, I'm not going to heaven. Because of that, if you go, if you, you know, whatever good works you do, you can give your tithes and offerings all you want, but if you never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are not saved, okay? None of these works that we do determine whether or not we go to heaven, but let me tell you, they do determine whether or not we are a disciple of Christ. And there are many people today, they are completely content just to be saved. Hey, all I'm looking to do is to get into heaven. Okay, They're not interested in being a disciple of Christ. But I'm here today to tell you that there are some benefits to being a disciple of Christ. I believe everyone should want to be a disciple of Christ. Everyone who is saved should be a disciple of Christ. But is everybody automatically a disciple of Christ? No, because here he tells us, hey, if you're not willing to do certain things, you cannot be my disciple. Okay, And where does it say in the Bible... That we have to, you know, hate father and mother or whatever to be saved. It doesn't tell that tell us that, does it? But it does tell us those things to be a disciple. Not everyone is a disciple. Verse thirty of Luke chapter fourteen says, or verse thirty three says, "So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all he hath, he cannot be my disciple." Once again, you don't have to give everything you have to get saved. Okay, but you do have to be willing to forsake everything you have to be his disciple. So understand that not everyone is automatically disciple, and not every promise that's in the Bible is for you. Some promises are for disciples. Some promises are for those who are in the will of God. Romans eight twenty eight. Okay, everybody loves all things work together for good. And I've heard many people they'll claim that all things work together for good. But wait a minute, it says all things work together for good to them who love God. Doesn't the Bible say if you love Me, keep My commandments? Well, if you're not following the commandments of God, all things aren't going to work together for good for you. If you're breaking the commandments of God, if you're, if you're stealing, breaking the commandment of thou shalt not steal, you might end up in prison. And you know what? That's not going to work out for good for you. That stinks. That's, this promise is for those who love God, for them who are the called according to His service. Okay, That's for those who are in the will of God, those who are serving God. If you're being disobedient to God, if you're only following the commandments that you like, if you're not serving God, don't claim Romans 8.28. It's not for you. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you get that. You've got to be loving God, following His commandments, called according to His purpose. And there are many people today who I believe are saved, but they are not in God's will. There's many people out there today who are saved, but they're not in church today, are they? They're not in the will of God. They are not obeying His commandments. They are forsaking the assembly. They don't get to claim that promise. And many people today, they are saved, but man, they are missing out 
on so many wonderful things. They're missing out on some wonderful benefits. I heard a story one time. I don't know if it ever really happened or if it's one of those stories that preachers tell. So this is this is a repeated story. But I heard a story one time of a man who was going to go on. He got a ticket on a boat to go somewhere, and he was on that boat for a long time. And while he was on it, he had brought just a few things, as much food as he could carry, and just was pretty much starving through the whole trip, just kind of rationing his food, wanting to wanting to survive. And at the end of his trip, he ended up finding out that with his ticket was included all the meals. And he didn't know. He'd been eating junk that whole time, starving, because he didn't realize what came with that ticket. And there are many people today who are saved. Okay, They have Jesus Christ in their heart and they are missing out on many of the benefits that come with being a Christian. They don't realize there are some great things that come with being a disciple of Christ. And they're missing out. They're not taking advantage of these opportunities. Many people, they're missing out. People who are not in church are missing out on some of the wonderful things about being a Christian. Many people who are saved, who don't read their Bible, who don't study their Bible, they are missing out on some wonderful things by not studying their Bible. And there are some wonderful benefits to being a disciple, and everybody should want to be a disciple. But what, you know, what is a disciple? If you look up the meaning of disciple, a disciple is a learner or a pupil. Okay? Someone who, or a follower is a word that we often use. Okay, for example, uh, oh, another word that we use today is an apprentice. Okay, there's people out there that are apprentices for certain things. Maybe they're a plumbing apprentice or a carpenter apprentice. And pretty much what they are doing, they work with a more experienced carpenter or plumber and they, they follow them around. They learn from them. They watch how they do things and they learn that trade by being a disciple, by being a pupil, by being a follower, they do what they do. They listen to the teaching. They follow the instructions. They copy what that person does. And as a disciple of Christ, we're going we're gonna to listen to the teachings of Christ. We are going to follow Christ. We are going to do the things that He said to do. If you are a Christian, but you are not doing the things that Jesus Christ taught, you are not a disciple. You are not a follower of Christ, and if you if you are saved, okay, the Bible says there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Okay, when you're walking in the Spirit, there's no condemnation there. But when you walk in the flesh, there is condemnation. When you sin, there is punishment for that sin. There is consequences for that sin. And when we follow after Christ, when we, if you're a disciple, you're following Christ. You're doing what He said. He's commanded us to be in church, so you're going to be in church. You know, He's commanded us to give of our tithes and offerings. He's commanded us to be a witness. He's commanded us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. There's all these things He's commanded us to do. He's, he's, taught His disciples how to pray. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Why did they ask Him that? Because they were disciples. They were pupils. They saw how Jesus prayed. They saw the results He got from His prayers. And they said, we want to do that too. Okay, We all want to be a disciple of those who have something that we want. Who have an ability that we want. And we should want to be like Christ. And so we ought to want to be a learner, a pupil, a follower, because a disciple, okay, if you are a disciple, 
you will end up being like your master or like your teacher. Look at Psalms chapter uh, Matthew chapter ten, verse twenty-four. Matthew chapter ten, verse twenty-four. It says, "The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master, and the servant as his lord." If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more should they call them of his household? Notice how he mentions the disciple being as his master. That makes sense. That's the goal. When you are following somebody, you're trying to get where they're going. Okay? Have you ever followed somebody in your car? Maybe you didn't know where you were going. You didn't know where you were at. And so you followed that person. You know what? When you follow someone, you're going to end up the same place they're at, aren't you? And when you follow Christ... The whole point is so you will be like Him. So you will get to where you are like Him. So you will see the things uh, that He saw. You'll have the same results that He had. A disciple will always end up being like His Master. Now notice in this context here, He was telling them, now if you're going to be My disciple, if you're going to be like your Master, you're going to get some persecution. We see that Jesus suffered persecution while He was on earth, didn't He? We see in this story, they call, they told him that he had the devil. They told him he was casting devils out by Beelzebub. And he said, if they've done that to your master, they're going to do it to you as a disciple because you're going to be like the master. And don't we see that going on more and more today? I mean, doesn't it sound like from the news media, from the political world, those of us that stand firm on the Word of God, aren't, you know, we're called the bad guys now. You know, because, just because we believe that men ought to marry women and women ought to marry men? We're bigots. We're homophobes. I mean, we're intolerant. They call us all these terrible things. And Christians sometimes, they're sitting around, you know, are we all these things? You know, are we bad? Hey, listen, they call Jesus bad things. If we are following Him, they're going to call us names too. They're going to say that we have the devil. And, they'll, and they do it. And it's crazy, but listen, that is part of being a disciple, you're going to end up where your master's at. Luke chapter 6, verse 39, and he spake a parable unto them. Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? Okay? If you're following a blind person, well, a blind person can't see where they're going. You're both going in the ditch because you end up with the person you're following. Verse 40, the disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect, okay, or complete, Shall be as his master. Okay? That is the purpose of being a disciple. We are supposed to be like Christ. And hopefully, if you are following Christ, okay, that it kind of implies a forward progression. None of us are there yet. None of us are just like Christ now, but are you becoming more and more like Christ? Are you becoming, are you more like him today than you were last year at this time? If you are, that must mean you're following after Christ. That must mean you are a disciple. And hopefully you're on a journey, you're on a journey forward, becoming more like Christ, being a follower of him. You see, every, and the truth is, everyone is a disciple of someone. You know, all of us, everyone in here, is a combination of the people that have been in their life. Okay, From everything you do, the way you talk, the way you dress, the faces you make, it all is a result of just the people you've been around in your life. Okay, 
You know, my I make fun of my wife all the time for talking like a northerner. Now, now I know I do too, but she's even worse. She's even worse than I am. You know, she she says a lot of words wrong because uh, you know southern is the way you're supposed to talk. And I, and I know I don't do it, but that's proper English. Uh, I've declared it as that. But <laughs> um, but you know, why does she talk that way? She lives in Illinois. Okay, you know, even though I know southern is proper English, why don't I talk like a southerner? Why don't I say y'all? Because I'm around you people all the time and you're messing with my speech. You know, you're rubbing off on me and you got me talking wrong. Okay, when I was a real little kid, I actually had a southern accent. My parents have some tapes of it and I did. I, I had a little bit of a twang and uh, it was good. Uh, that's, what, that's, that's the way you're supposed to talk, in my opinion. But you do, you rub off the faces you make, uh, you know, the, the phrases that you use. Hey, I've got people that I work with now, when they get mad, instead of cussing, they say things like tarnation, okay? You know, because that's my cuss word that I use uh, on a regular basis, and, and, it's, and it's rubbed off on some people. I'm like, hey, thank the Lord, you know, less blasphemy, you know, going going on. You know, you, you know, where did I get that? You know, I, I don't know. Sometimes it's the television shows we watch. Sometimes we'll watch a show that I haven't seen since I'm a kid, and we'll, uh, there will be a phrase on there that I often use, and it's like that's where I got it. Yeah, and just this week we were. Uh, uh, one of the girls from my dad's church was riding with us. She was our flower girl. And when she was real little, she, she used to come over to our house a lot. She was probably only like two years old. And she wanted some yogurt and she called it ogurt. And to this day, I still call yogurt ogurt all the time. And I was telling her, and I, I told her that. I said, to this day, I still call yogurt ogurt all the time. And it's because I thought it was cute when you were calling it ogre when you were just a little kid, and I was like, "You've had a really big influence on my life." And, you know, she uh, she kind of laughed. You know, that that's the influence that she had. I I call yogurt ogre, but we we all have that, don't we? And whether you like it or not, you're following somebody. You know, in the clothes that you wear, the way you dress. You know, I wish people. You know, do y'all mind if I just ride a hobby horse here for just a second? Do y'all mind if I just unload? my opinion on you for a second. Is this okay? Because I don't see anybody doing this. I haven't seen anybody do this around here, so I think I'm safe. But guys, I can't stand when guys wear skinny jeans, okay? When guys wear skinny jeans, I want to fight them, alright? I, I, I know that's a bad attitude, but I do. I want to fight them. I feel like if the, you know, there's a mob of guys, and I'll fight every one of them at the same time that's wearing skinny jeans, and I'm not, I'm not scared, okay? And I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't like that. I, I think it's it's disturbing. And let me tell you, I wish people would think, where am I getting my clothing styles from? Because when you look at where a lot of the clothing styles are coming from these days, there are people that people like me don't want to associate themselves with. And people that, you know, why do you do that? Why do you do your hair that way? That looks ridiculous. You know, they're following some movie star. They're following some singer. They're following some, you know, actress or whatever, they're being a disciple. And let me tell you, these people that everybody's following after today, they're freaks. I mean, you know, look look at this world that we live in. Go to the mall and look at what these kids are wearing. And you know, I don't watch all... We don't have regular TV and stuff. But I will, I'll start noticing things. I'll start seeing things that everyone's wearing. I'll hear phrases that everyone's saying and I'll think, where does this come from? And then I'll be somewhere watching a TV show you know, and, and then I'll see some kid that I've heard about that's real famous and I see the way they dress, the way they act, and it's like, that's where it came from. 
That's why people are doing that. And then I want to go find that person and strangle them. And I don't know who started skinny jeans on guys, but let me tell you something. I like to find that person one of these days and get my hands on them. But anyway, we're, we're all disciples. We're all followers and people don't want to admit it. But you know, you ought to ask them, who am I following? If you're following after a weirdo, you're going to end up where weirdos end up. If you're following after rock stars, you're going to end up where rock stars end up. Odeed. That's what's going to happen if you follow these people. But we all are. And the Bible says, Blessed is a man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Okay? We ought to be followers of Christ. And a disciple, notice how Jesus said, Ye are my friends. We're a friend, not a slave. Look at John chapter 15. Uh, in verse 14, we read this verse, but look at verse 14 when he said, Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I commanded you. Boy, I mean, what a wonderful compliment. That's one of the best compliments you can get is to be someone's friend. For them to call you your friend. I mean, what, and imagine Jesus Christ. And he said, You're my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. It is better to serve the Lord in love and liberty than in fear and bondage. Now, I want you to get this, okay? There's a lot of people today who are good people who follow a lot of the commandments of God because they think they have to to go to heaven. Okay? There's a crowd of people out there today that they went to church today because they think i got to do that to go to heaven. They'll follow all the rules that the church teaches because... They want to make sure they get into heaven. Let me tell you, that's serving the Lord out of fear and bondage. He's called us His friend. When someone's your friend, you do these things because you want to do it. And think about this. Let's just imagine something here for a minute. Imagine if you your job, whatever your job is you have, what if you only had to do that job when you wanted to? Think about it. You want Because... Financially, you're fine. I'm not saying you do it for free. Okay, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. We don't even work for God for free. He pays us. He rewards us. He takes care of us for our labors for the things that we do. But imagine if you only had to work. You only had to go into work when you wanted to. I mean, how much would you go into work? Now, me, I still go to work quite a bit because I need the money. Okay. <laughs> right. Right now, I go, I go to work when I'm supposed to show up all the time because I need the money. I remember when I worked in Spring Valley, uh, I went. And I had my annual evaluation, and I had perfect attendance that year. And my manager made a big deal about my perfect attendance and was kind of praising me for my perfect attendance. And you know what I told him? I said, "Well, said so I'm just going to be honest with you. The reason I was here every day is I needed the money." <laughs> And I used to, and I still, I, where I, at Walmart today, I still tell people that all the time. The day they quit paying me is the day I quit showing up. I am here for the money. And let me tell you, if I wasn't, if I wasn't getting paid, I wouldn't do that job. Because it's no fun. It's not what I love to do. But if you only had to do your job when you wanted to, okay, you know, how often would you do it? Now that's when you have a good job, when you want to do it. When you do it, whether you got paid for it or not, you know, if you still went to work even when you didn't have to, it would show you really love your job. It would show that you love doing what you're doing. 
It would show, and, and the best people in the world to work with are the ones who love their job, aren't they? People who are doing what they're doing because they want to do it. And you know what? God wants people like that who serve the Lord because they want to do it. We're not serving the Lord so we will go to heaven. We're not serving the Lord because we have to. We want to serve the Lord. And the best people to have in church are the people who want to be there. Not the people you got to drag in, kicking and screaming. Now listen, you know, we're gonna, we'll do some dragging in if we have to because we know what's good for them. But let me tell you something as a pastor, I like it when I don't have to drag you to church. I like it when I don't have to put people on a guilt trip and you know and threaten to preach you know a whole series of messages for the next twenty weeks on church attendance if y'all don't you know shape up. You know I I, I'm, I love it that I feel like you want to be here. You're doing what you want to do, and you know my goal. I'm going to tell you one of my goals as a pastor, and don't take this the wrong way, but I want to get my goal is for our church to get to the point where I could drop dead tomorrow. Or I could pick up and leave and the church would be just fine. I want to, I want to get to that point where the church would be fine financially, it would be strong enough, they'd be, you all be able to find another pastor and things would keep on going with no issues. You say, why do you want to get to that point? You want to leave? No. But when we are at that point where I feel like I could leave tomorrow and everyone's going to be just fine, I will know every day that I am here because I want to be here. You will know that I am here because I want to be here. I remember when I first went full time over there at Lighthouse. The first couple of years, I was having a really, I was having a tough time financially, and I was kind of having a tough time with people sometimes. And I remember thinking, boy, it would be nice to just pack up and move away somewhere. I used to, I used to, you know, look. I, Look for the escape hatch. But you know what? I couldn't go anywhere. I was kind of financially stuck. And I remember we finally started getting our act together financially. And I remember we got all our debt paid off. And we had some money saved up. And I'm telling you, when we got to that point where we could have up and moved, it was one of the greatest feelings in the world because I knew I'm here because I want to be here. And those years... I was there at Lighthouse because I wanted to be there. They were great. I was thrilled to death. I was as happy as could be. And when a person is in that position where they are doing right because they want to, because they love God, that that's when you're that's when you know you're a disciple. That is a great thing. Many people they go to they go to church, kind of like Brother T C talked about in that song. They think I'm gonna start going to church and it's gonna make things go good in my life. Or they're thinking they're in church thinking if I leave my life's going to go bad, and they kind of are there with an attitude of bondage instead of an attitude of liberty. I am here because this is what I want to do. I can't imagine doing anything else. I can't imagine going anywhere else. This is I'm in the will of God. This is where God wants me. I'm telling you that is one of the most wonderful feelings in the world when you have that. And we need it. We ought to work for that. We ought to go for that because that's what a disciple does. A disciple, they're going to show up every day. They're going to do what they want to do because this is where they want to be. A disciple, they are doing what they want to do. They want to be a follower of Christ. There's people all the time. You know, I've worked with many people who they did. They hated their job. 
they come in every day just complaining and whining. You know, every once in a while you just bring it up. Hey, this is America. You could quit. <laughs> but you know, it's usually they won't because they need that paycheck too bad. They gotta find they gotta find something to to replace it. And many people today, they are in a position spiritually where it's like they're just doing what they're doing. It's like because they have to. And let me tell you something. I don't want you. I want you all here, but I don't want you coming in with the attitude. I have to be here. I have to go to church today. Look, I am not one of these people that you know. I don't. I don't think I do anyway. I, I'm not a big guilt trip person. I'm not. A, I don't think I'm as mean of a preacher as some people I know. I mean, man, there's some guys. Man, they get up. Are you? Dirty sinner, you know, missing church. I hope you drop dead next time you just lay out of church. I hope, you know, I hope next time you decide you're going to go fishing instead of coming to the house of God. I hope your boat gets a hole in it and you drown. You know, what I mean, there's, there's guys like that out there, and that would be fun preaching that way. I just had fun saying that, but you know, I want people here. I, I want y'all to be followers of Christ. I don't want you. I don't want just followers of me. Okay, there's a lot of people out there that are trying to build a following. We want to get those followers. There are some guys out there. I think it's their life's mission to see how many Twitter followers they can get because they just want to have followers. You know, somebody follow me. You know, follow me on Twitter. You know, follow me there. Here, follow. listen. I want you following Christ. Okay. If you follow me, okay. If you, you don't want to follow me driving somewhere. I get lost all the time. Okay. I'm very thankful for GPSs. It's helped me out a lot. And you know, I'm, I do my best as a Christian. But you follow me. You might mess up sometimes. You follow Christ, you're going to be just fine. And if we're all following Christ, we're going to end up in the same place, folks. And we're all we're all going to be happy if we're following Christ. And I just I want people to be followers of Christ. I want you to be His followers. And if you all get out of line, I want to just be able to say, "Hey, Lord, they're your followers. Do something, <laughs> not my followers." Hey, you know, you're the chief shepherd. They're your flock. I'm not supposed to be lords over God's heritage. So, you know, as much as I'd like to lord over them right now and tell people what to do, hey, Lord, can you you take care of that? I, you know, I love. This might sound weird. When I'm at a restaurant and I hear a kid being bad and screaming, I get a good peaceful feeling because it's like that's not mine. I don't have to deal with that. That's not my problem. And it feels really good. Because let me tell you, I've been the parent with the screaming kid before and I had to deal with it and it's no fun. And, I'm, and I just love it. I don't have to deal with somebody else's kid. That is not my problem. And it gives me a calm, peaceful feeling when I hear a kid screaming, especially if they start breaking stuff. I mean, you know, the worse it gets, the better. Uh, the more the more entertaining it is. Not my problem. And let me tell you, I want to have around here followers of Christ, not followers of me. If you're a follower of me and you start getting out of line, well, then you're my problem. But if you're a follower of Christ, well, if you're following Christ, you're not going to get out of line, are you? Okay? When you're following Christ, you're going to be obeying His commandments. You can't get in trouble with that. So, benefits to being a disciple. A disciple, they get what they ask for. Okay, y'all ask me for some things. I can't give you a whole lot. You know, don't come ask me for a thousand dollars. You're not going to get it. I, I I don't I don't have it to give. You know, don't ask me for five dollars. You know, don't don't don't. You're, you're not going to get certain things if you ask them from me. John chapter fifteen verse sixteen. We read the verse before, but it says, "Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you 
that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in My name, He may give it you. You all see that? A disciple gets what they ask for. Okay, but wait a minute. I, I, I consider myself a disciple of Christ and I don't get everything I ask for. I ask for a bass boat. I ask for a Corvette. I ask for a million dollars. I haven't got those things. Wait, notice what he was talking about there. He's talking about bringing forth fruit. Okay? That's what we're a follower of Christ. We're not in the business of collecting boats and cars and all those things. We're in the, in the business of getting fruit. Of bringing forth fruit. That's what He wants us to do. A disciple of Christ is not about asking for things for Himself, but He's about bearing fruit. When do you see Jesus asking for things for Himself? When do you see Jesus ever performing a miracle to His benefit? Wouldn't it been to His benefit when He hadn't eaten 40 days to turn that stone into bread? He could have done that, but He never did miracles to benefit Himself. It was always for other people. So why are we as disciples of Christ, like we like to call ourselves, all about consuming things on our lust. That's not what a disciple of Christ does, is it? See, a follower, a follower of Christ, you know what he's going to ask for? He's going to ask for fruit and that our fruit should remain. And if you remember Jesus Christ, when He was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, He mentioned you know, all that the Father had given Me, He had kept except the son of perdition. Talking about Judas Iscariot. And He, he wanted people... He wanted fruit. He wanted souls. And God gave those to Him. And that's what we're supposed to be going for as a follower of Christ. If we are doing the Lord's work, the Lord's way, we're going to get the Lord's results. We are going to see the things that He saw. We are going to see people saved. And let me tell you, the true freedom and liberty, it comes when you're a follower of Christ. John chapter 8. We're going to close with this. John chapter 8. And verse 28, look what it says. Great passage of Scripture. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am He, and that I do nothing of Myself, but as the Father hath taught Me, I speak these things. And He has sent Me, and He that sent Me is with Me. The Father hath not left Me alone, for I do always those things that please Him. He did what pleased God. He did what God wanted Him to do. Um, and he spake these words, and as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Did you all see that? The truth shall make you free. That is where freedom is, and that's where liberty is. Did you know, I, I got saved April 30th, 1986. Did you know I have not done one thing, had to do one thing to stay saved? I've been going to church my whole life. I've been reading my Bible my whole life. I've been pastoring now for over four years in the ministry for I don't know how many years. I didn't do any of that to stay saved. I don't have to do anything to stay saved. I could quit tomorrow and I'll still be saved. You can't lose your salvation. And there is not one thing that I can do to get unsaved. I can't. I can't do it. I can't get unsaved. I don't have to do anything to stay saved. There's nothing I can do to get unsaved. I'm here today serving the Lord because I want to, and I love that. And many people are out there today 
scared of losing their salvation. They're following all the rules and things of the Bible thinking they have to do that to go to heaven and they are still in bondage. God has called us unto liberty. And we have liberty. And what a thrill it is to know I'm here because this is where I want to be. I'm here because I want to do this. I'm serving God because I want to serve God. And God sees that. And God loves that. And then He can call us His disciples He can call us His friends when we keep His commandments. Thank God for that. There is nothing greater than being a disciple of Christ. If you are saved today and not a disciple, you're still going to go to heaven, but you're missing out on some wonderful blessings. You are missing out on some great benefits that would be yours for the taking if you would just take those. And so I challenge you to be a follower of Christ. Be a disciple. So with that, let's all stand together. How wonderful it is to be a disciple of Christ, to be 